0: Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, The Commish. I am going to give you the first five picks in the upcoming NFL draft. This, of course, is the commission's mock draft. This is a modified mock draft. I'm not going to give you all 32 picks like I usually do. I'm not going to do that this year. I, I don't see why. If you've never followed the commission before, you've never followed the NFL before, or even the draft up until this point. It seems, I don't know, I, it, it may not make a whole lot of sense to go through 32 picks that many of you probably don't even care about. Unless, of course, it's your team that's selecting at that particular time. The first 10 picks usually set the bar for what's to come for the remaining of the first round of the draft. Never mind the other six rounds you got to put up with as well. The first round is the most intriguing, naturally, because it's usually from that point on we get a better understanding as to which teams have an idea perspective as to what it is that they want for their team in the first round. First round is very important because for those that don't follow the draft, that's where most of the money lies in the first round. You're talking about 32 picks, roughly 28 teams, maybe more, maybe less, to have an opportunity to pick some of the best talent coming out in this year's draft. So, you know, I don't know if going through all 32 picks makes a lot of sense right now. Maybe down the road, I'll talk more about it as they've been selected. Maybe I could say yay or nay on if these teams deserve or if these teams should have selected these guys at that particular time. Of course, they deserve their picks. I just may not think that the pick is worthy for that time in that round. You know, the seven rounds. Is that pick the one that you want the most in the first round? I mean, that's a good question, but I'm digressing. What I'm going to do is basically give you the first 10 picks of the first round, but I'm only going to do five today. So it kind of leaves you guys on your toes as to what I'm going to do next time I'm on the mic. So we have about two weeks, less than two weeks before the NFL draft, which is on the 27th of April. It will be held in Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. So I am going to do just the first five picks this evening. But before I go into the draft picks, I said I would talk about Lamar Jackson again. I'm going back on my work. I said I wouldn't be talking about this man again. Because what's the point? You know, I I think we bombard Lamar Jackson's status enough. I, I think we've talked so much about this man that outside of being nauseous by hearing the name Lamar Jackson or for what he's done to this point to prove to everybody he's one of the better quarterbacks in the draft, I'm stumped. And I'm stumped because I I, I want to look at this from different perspectives as I've done before. I want to look at this from a number of perspectives. And, and, and you know, it's not to be hyperbolic. It's, it's just Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback. But it's the fact that the Ravens organization sat on their hands with this. And whether they decided that the offer that they gave him, the franchise tag, was the best offer they had for him, really is the question of how much they value Lamar Jackson. I think that's a given at this point. They did something this past week that really raised not just one, but two eyebrows. In signing veteran Odell Beckham Jr. As a free agent, this guy is not with any team. He had won a Super Bowl with the L.A. Rams a few seasons ago, so he had enough time to heal his wounded knee. And so maybe the Baltimore Ravens are doing what's best for the team by having that uh, playmaker on their team now. Maybe this is what they had in mind for some time to get Odell Beckham Jr., but they decided to do this now for one year. $18 million, of which $15 million of that. It's guaranteed. So that's a lot of money for a guy like Odell Beckham. But it also sends the message. He's on his proverbial last leg. He he is on his last leg. No pun intended. This, This man is on his way out. Whether we want to acknowledge that, whether we can feel secure with ourselves to accept it, Odell Beckham Jr. does not have much time left in the NFL. But you figure, even if he didn't have that much time left, you think about the accolades that came with Odell Beckham Jr. He may not go into the Hall of Fame, but he sure as heck was one of the best receivers we've seen over the last 10 seasons. Easily, easily. When the Giants selected him several years back, I think people had their expectations of what he could do. But we were wild. We were wild when we saw him make those acrobatic catches with the Giants and Eli Manning. And it just seems like from that point on, his career seemed to have gotten better. It seemed like it might have improved. However, his maturity did not improve. His game improved, but he became more of the diva on that team. The things that he said, the things that he did, uh, the way he acted, and, and, and the trip he took to Miami prior to a Playoff game where they got shellacked by Green Bay. This is the tale of Odell Beckham Jr. as we go into what probably would be his eighth or ninth season in the NFL. And for the Ravens to say you're worth a year of 15 or 18 million, it sends the message again that, hey, this is it for you, bud. We need you in the worst way, but we need you to do what you did with LA. Never mind what you did in New York, never mind what you did in Cleveland. Not even what you did in L.A. so much. It's just the fact that we need that star power. We we want for you to be that acrobatic person again for the sake of the team. Never mind Lamar Jackson. Even though it makes a great deal of sense to sign him, because I believe it was GM Eric DeCosta that came out and said, we need to put more playmakers around Lamar Jackson. I guess they figured, hey, let's start with this man and work our way down within the draft. And it probably saved them a boatload of dollars. You'd have to assume, right? You're not investing $100 million in a receiver like Las Vegas did with Devontae Adams. It's just a merely 18 mil. But that's the guy that Aaron Rodgers wanted when he signs with the Jets. This was the guy that Aaron Rodgers probably had number one on his list when he intended to play for the Jets. So now I'm looking back at Lamar Jackson. I did a side eye. Now I'm looking straight at Lamar Jackson thinking, "What are you going to do now?" You signed your franchise tag, or assuming he's already signed his franchise tag for 1 year, 32 mil, what is it you're going to do now with this team? What is your intention? with the Baltimore Ravens? And this is just a random rhetorical question I'm asking because I think I know what he's going to do. He's not going to show the camp. He's not going to be found. In large part because the message has already been sent. The handwriting's already on the wall. We already got the memo. We don't want Lamar Jackson back with the Ravens. Now, you can say whatever you want. And if you're a fan, good. You can always holler at the commission when you see him. But there's nothing about what we've learned over the last six months to prove to us that the Ravens really adore Lamar Jackson. And it's what I've said before. Lamar Jackson, although he's won over 70% of his games, his completion percentages is not up to par. It's not up to snuff. He hasn't taken his team to the Super Bowl, while all the other MVPs have. So what value do we really have in this man to say that even in this season coming in in 2023, 2024, he'll be any better than what he was last season? This guy's always getting hurt. But that's in large part because he wants to run the ball. We can't coach a person like Lamar Jackson, do any more for this team than he has. However, we could put some playmakers around him in the event that we can't get the quarterback we really want. And we have to resolve with Lamar Jackson, even for just for a year. At least we have weapons for him now. See, it doesn't make the commish feel any better knowing that you want him out the door, but in the event that we can't get him out the door, in the event that we can't shoo him out the door, let's put playmakers around him anyway, just in case. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm really going out of my mind. Because now you've taken the time to listen to Lamar and say yeah, let's sign OBJ will it be just OBJ to help the Ravens move on past the playoffs into the Super Bowl? Is it going to take more than OBJ? Of course the answer to that is yes but what more are you going to do for Lamar Jackson? And I think this is the question that the commission has been sitting on for the last several days what are you going to do more for this man? I don't think it's enough that you signed him to a non-exclusive franchise tag. We got the point. We understand what you were doing. We get it. You want to see to it that the value that you have for Lamar Jackson is equal to those that probably think the same about Lamar Jackson. Unequivocally, there's nothing more that we could say or do to say that this man deserves as much as he wants without an agent. So we are stuck to a degree at this stalemate of giving this man five years or six years, $250 million with hundred and thirty-three million guaranteed or something along those lines. It might have changed since then because that was the original offer. But since then, we said, the heck with that. We're just going to franchise tag him now because we don't think he wants the offer. Now, if I'm correct, he still has until the beginning of June to sign the franchise tag, and perhaps try to extend that offer for a little bit more than just a year. I, I think, if I'm correct, that's how it's worked. That's how it works out with these franchise tag players. They allow some time to ponder on the thought and the process and say, "Hey, is this what you like, Lamar? Is this what it is that you wanted?" And we all know the answer to that. Why would you play with this man's emotions? Isn't what Big Worm said? Playing with my money is like playing with my emotions. Now you're playing with Lamar's emotions. Because none of what you're doing, none of this crap really is going to equal out to anything more than just you trying to improve your team in the event that if Lamar Jackson's not there, come the start of the season, we have other people involved. So what are you going to do in the draft? Are you going to draft another quarterback? And I think that was the that was some of the questions that came up in a press conference where somebody said, hey, 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 hey. We're only talking about the draft. But why does it have to be about the draft? We want to know more about why you guys cannot sign this man long term. Why can't you sign Lamar Jackson long term? Is it because his completion percentage is low? Is it because he scrambles more out the pocket than he does pass within the pocket? See, these are questions that will never be answered because of the arrogance that comes from this program. The arrogance that comes from the Ravens organization to say, we don't have to answer to you. We know what we're doing. We are the NFL. We carry the logo on our sleeve or within the front of our chest. We don't have to bow down or kowtow or whatever it's called to the media. We don't have to be the ones to answer your little silly questions. We have everything under control, but you don't. You don't have this under control. I don't think you ever had this under control, because if you did, this would not be an issue today, whether Lamar Jackson had an agent or not. And it's not to discount his mother. Maybe his mother is a worthy agent, but they don't take his mother seriously. Thus, they don't take Lamar Jackson seriously. It seems to all be related in some way, shape, or form. They don't take what Lamar is saying seriously. So why should we now take Odell Beckham Jr. seriously? That's not to say he won't have an outstanding year with the Ravens. Who's going to throw him the ball? Will it be a quarterback coming out of the draft? Are you going to resurrect Joe Flacco to come back to the team? This is the problem we have with the Ravens. They're not transparent anymore. A lot of that is just gone. We just, we, it's whatever it is. Whatever we decide to do between now and the start of June will be the final decision. But the commission is getting tired of this because it seems like it comes up every week now because we don't know what more, the, what the Ravens are going to do. And we'll have to wait until the 27th of April to get some understanding as to what their intentions will be moving forward. So says the commissioner. If you have been listening to the kneel down podcast. I'm going to do my way with the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson all together. I know there's more to this ladies and gentlemen. I've talked so much about this at nauseum. I got to believe you play back some of these episodes. I've talked about regarding Lamar Jackson. I'm just repeating myself. I'm beating a dead horse. What more are we going to get out of this? What more are we going to get out of Lamar Jackson? If Lamar Jackson does not play this entire season, I would fully understand. If the Ravens decide they're not going to trade him to anybody else, I would fully understand that too. But then it leads to the whole concept that you failed. You failed at securing one of the best talented players in the NFL to something that he could be happy with because you want to make the point that no player is going to outplay the NFL. No one player can outdo, outsmart the NFL and those organizations and the owners that happen to be for these 32 te- or 31 teams, not including Green Bay. But you're not going to outsmart the Baltimore Ravens. You're not going to do that. You're not holding us hostage. We control you. You don't control us. That's what they're saying. You have no control over us. I've said this before with Lamar, and and I hope he's listened to this podcast. I really do. I do genuinely like Lamar Jacks. They traded up from the second round to the first round, last pick in the first round for this man, meaning they see something in him that matters to this team. It still does. What they're doing now is a circus show. What you're doing now just proves to me that you really don't have a clue as to what you want to do with your team. Signing Odell Beckham Jr. does not make you a contender for the playoffs. It doesn't make you a contender for the division. We're going to just look over Cincinnati now? <laughs> and the way things are going in Cleveland, we going to be so quick to look over them too? There's more work that needs to be done with regards to the Baltimore Ravens. Shifting gears, I'm going to give you the first five picks of the upcoming 2023 NFL Draft. This draft will take place, as I said, the end of April. I'm giving you my mock draft. I want to at least be on the same page with many of you that have mock drafts. I, 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 there's a number of you guys that probably run mock drafts. Kind of like fantasy drafts. You you have an idea who's going to go number one overall, number two, and so forth. And that's fine. I get it. It's fun. It really is entertaining. If you've never done or you've you've never watched an NFL draft, I would suggest you do so this year. Some believe that this draft is probably one of the weaker drafts regarding some positions. Okay, fine. But I know one position that's not going to be weak, and that's the quarterback position. Because now we're talking about five quarterbacks, perhaps in the first 10 picks of the NFL draft. Now, that's not a far-gone conclusion. It, It may happen. But with the 10 teams that are selecting 1 through 10, the first five being the Panthers, the Texans, the Cardinals, the Colts, and the Seahawks. You got to believe there's going to be at least three quarterbacks on these teams. Starting with the number one pick overall going to the Carolina Panthers. The commission said it before, I see C.J. Stroud going to the Carolina Panthers. For all that I've said before, big guy, strong guy, a lot of pros, more pros than cons in his resume, strong arm, accurate, five-star recruit coming out of California before he went to the Ohio State University. Sensational year, looked great against Georgia, all this great stuff. I mean, listen... I don't have anything bad to say about C.J. Stroud. Outside of the fact he didn't win a championship. But you know what? Sometimes it's not about the championship. Sometimes it's just about the journey just to get there. And they came close. They came close. They did. They came close. But the truth of the matter is, C.J. Stroud is still an outstanding quarterback. The Panthers had every reason in the world to move up to number one to get him. And they're still going to get their man in C.J. Stroud. They can't lose, whether it be him or Bryce Young. But I just think that if you're going to trade up for the future of your team and your organization and of your franchise, and you want, you want absolution, you want certainty, you want to know that who you're going to select is going to carry you, not just for this season – but for the 10 seasons to come, C.J. Stroud makes all the makes all the sense. I would fully understand. Number one pick would go to C.J. Stroud, to the Panthers. Number two pick would be Bryce Young going to the Houston Texans for all the same reasons that I said about C.J. Stroud. You don't pass up on great talent, outstanding talent at the quarterback position. This is a person that many people in the world Many commentators, broadcasters, analysts, podcasters have already selected to go number one overall in the NFL draft. But he's going to drop the number two in because C.J. Shroud is going number one. So Houston has to be on their P's and Q's in getting a franchise quarterback themselves in Bryce Young out of Alabama. Number three pick goes to the Arizona Cardinals and say what you want, they may trade this pick. It could very well be a trade there at number three. I heard that there are several teams that want that position at number three. But I think Arizona is going to listen to the best buyer, the highest buyer, and perhaps make a trade with those teams, or the team. But in the event that they don't, Jalen Carter Defensive end out of Georgia makes all the sense in the world. You don't need a quarterback. You got Kyler Murray. If you go for a third quarterback within the next five years, it just shows how deplorable of a team you're on, or how deplorable of an organization that is that they can't get their they can't get their thoughts, minds, acts together, prospects, recruits together. They can't get that information together to find a quarterback for that team that you'd have to go for another quarterback in the first round after going after Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. For them to get another quarterback now would be ridiculous. It'd be absurd, egregious. May happen, but it probably won't, which is why Jalen Carter has to go three overall. You need a big dude. It'd be like passing up on Reggie White. Yeah, I'm comparing him to Reggie White. Maybe that's not a fair comparison. But you gotta believe, if you think back to 1985, let's go back roughly 40 years to when Reggie White, the late Reggie White, was selected to the Philadelphia Eagles. He was the fourth overall pick. There was three teams that passed up on him. Now, I don't know if those three teams all had quarterbacks or need a quarterback, but there were three teams prior to him that passed up on one of the best defensive linemen of all time in the NFL. Jalen Carter could very well be That same man, an emulation of that man. Emulation is a word. (laughs) Commissioner's making up stuff. He is a replica of what we saw in Reggie White. Big, strong, fast. Could plug up the middle. Could probably get you from the outside. Similar to what we see in Micah Parsons. You may see that in Jalen Carter. I don't know where they're going to put the man. Arizona will have their work cut out for him. But they get a new quarter, they get a new coach. I believe his name is Jonathan Gannon out of Philly that that was in the Super Bowl. And he was a defensive minded coach. I think it makes a lot of sense that he goes after a defensive player at three overall to help jumpstart his career in Arizona. He just lost J.J. Watt and a slew of other guys. Why not go after Jalen Carter there? Number three overall. Number four goes to the Indianapolis Colts. I got to believe they're going to go after Will Levis. Will Levis out of Kentucky. Will Levis is 6'4, big dude. And if you see his Instagram pages, if you see his pics, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Rapid Adapt, whatever, <laughs> whatever social media channel you can find him on, this dude is cut. This dude, this dude looks like he's ready to go into the WWE. He doesn't look like a starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Whether he's a starting quarterback or not, he's still a talented quarterback. He's still somebody that you would want to consider, number four overall, if your team is looking desperately for a quarterback. Will Levis, number four, just seems to make a lot of sense to both the Colts and the commission. Which leads me to number five. And this is probably the trickiest pick at number five for the Seattle Seahawks. Shout out to them, what they did this past season with a Geno Smith. I don't know if you can ignore the fact that Geno Smith took this team to the playoffs. <laughs> I, Man, so many people did not like the thought of Geno Smith starting for the Seattle Seahawks i think a lot of people had their doubts about geno smith starting for the seattle seahawks but you know a lot of people wrote him off but he ain't right back that's fine (laughs) he said fine you wrote me off but i ain't right back so you can do whatever you want so i ain't got time to write to you fools i just got a three-year extension for over a hundred million dollars i don't have to prove anything else to anybody the Seattle Seahawks like me. I like them. And thus, I'm going to be here for three years. Drew Locke is in my my back pocket. In case they need Drew Locke to start, for whatever reason, should Geno Smith go down, we got a second quarterback. What would be the point of getting another quarter, quarterback now, fifth overall? That doesn't make any sense to me. And I know that Anthony Richardson is sitting there waiting in the breeze. But I don't think, quite frankly, that the Seattle Seahawks really need a quarterback. At this pick right now, they don't. They saved themselves some money with Drew Locke in the trade, got a lot in return from Denver. So, whether they're playing with house money at this point is the question that they need to go out there and invest another quarterback. I say no. I say no. They will take their chances. And I'm saying this just to be facetious. I'm not saying that they will not take their chances. But they will take their chance at Will Anderson Jr., defensive end out of Alabama. Why not? Why not? You need somebody there to plug up the middle, whether you're going to put him on the front, keep him back there, the the, 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 the Mike position, Mike, Mike linebacker, middle linebacker. For those that don't know what the Mike linebacker is, listen, whatever Seattle does with this man, would be an improvement to that defense that might have been the Achilles' heel for that team last season. The reason why they probably couldn't beat San Fran had more to do with the lack of defense that they had. When it was time for them to step up? Will Anderson Jr., good fit. They could go after an offensive lineman. They could. Fifth overall, why? You've got plenty of picks to go with. You've got plenty of time to go for an offensive lineman. Go with someone stellar like Will Anderson Jr. And solidify your spot there in the NFC West. So says the commission. You've been listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I want to thank those for listening to my show. It means that much to me. I just gave you the first five picks of the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft. Of course, this is a mock draft. I am in no position to speak for any of these teams. They don't pay me enough. And they have not offered me anything to speak for them thus I'm doing this for free and I'm doing this for all my listeners out there that have taken the time out to pay attention to what I have to say on a weekly basis and thus for this show in general I will talk more about the remaining five picks in the first round of the first portion of the NFL draft 6 through 10 I will talk more about that next time hope everybody has a great weekend it's been warm depending on what part of the the country you are it's been a warm weekend to this point record highs the tri-state area listen it's getting to the point now where the climates have shifted so that it goes from winter to summer within a matter of days I just hope everybody is relatively safe in what they do, where they travel with that being said I will say peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Please stay safe. Give vaccinated when you can. And I'm out.